When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later, which has been, it was a Young Bucks episode last week, it's a Young Bucks episode this week. How's it going, Jerry Cooper? Oh man, we're back with the Young Bucks. I love it. The Bucks of youth. Listen, we all, we talked about the hitters last week. We talked about the pitchers. My top 10 pitching prospects are all named Ron Z. Contreras, so you can catch me next week. Yeah, I think we spoiled spoiled this last week that he was number one for both of us, and I I think he became number one for not to put to speak for you, Jared. I think he became my number one. You know, whenever I got to see him in Altoona that opening day, where it's like, okay, this isn't the guy that was advertised. Yeah, I mean, obviously that outing was spectacular, but it was the subsequent outings after that that were oh yeah to me that made him number one because. His performance, man, was just second to none. He was just lights out. Unfortunately, he gets hurt. He misses a good chunk of the season. But at the end of the day, he gets to Pittsburgh, which was his goal from the beginning. And, hey, that's all you got to do. We're going to talk more about him, you know, in the second half of the show. We count up on this. We start from number 10. We go on. Uh, Did I start last? Did I start for hitters, Jared? Wouldn't that be countdown, Alex, if we go 10, 9, 8? Look, Jared, I got into journalism because I, I'm not good with words, okay? Hey, numbers are hard. I get it. Yeah. I get it. All right, so number 10, right? Is that what yes. we're starting? Yes, and you get to bat lead off this time. Well, thank God. At least somebody knows their numbers here on this podcast. Um, so number 10, I have Cody Bolton. Um, I like Cody, Cody Bolton. I've seen him in Altoona uh, pretty extensively. He's a 6'3 guy, 230, 23 years old, throws from the right side. Um, I think he has a lot of potential uh, down the road. It's just kind of channeling that and, and getting where it needs to be. I have Cody Bolton at number nine on, on my list. And he was someone that I, I debated a couple, if we would have done this list a couple months ago, I, I don't know if he would have cracked my top 10, but I got really encouraging reports out of Bradenton on him about what he's been working on, you know, cleaning up some mechanical, some load where his delivery stands with right now. I think it's something that he needs. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this guy is going to be 
a back of the rotation starter. I don't know if he's going to be a single inning reliever, a multi-inning reliever, what exactly his role is going to be. A couple of years ago, you know, whenever he last pitched in a game in 2019, he was the sleeper prospect of the pitching prospect of the Pirates yes. system. And, and he's not anymore. I think he does have a, a major, some major league potential with it. I have him on the tail end of this list. Yeah. I mean, we also haven't seen him pitch in two years. Yeah. That, ma- that matters. But and and I, that, that does matter because I hear things, but I, you see like Instagram videos, but that's not the same as, you know, game situations. Right. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much data and so much saturation uh, on the market now. I mean, yeah. Is it great to see these guys perform inside? Yeah. But let's be real. I threw some incredible bullpens when I was a pitcher. Mm. It doesn't tell the whole story. Obviously, because I'm not a good pitcher, but number two, it's inside. You're not going against live hitters. You're not, there aren't any elements. You're, you're in a controlled environment, and you should be able to throw strikes inside. Uh, number 10 on my list, I, I had some debating. I had a couple people that I really gave some strong consideration. Uh, thought about Max Kranich, friend of the podcast, who he's barely a prospect anymore. He barely didn't lose his rookie status, so I kind of kept him off. For that reason, my reason I don't really consider him a prospect anymore. I just consider him a major leaguer. Uh, I consider Nick Garcia, who I think has his stuff is definitely raw, developing, lost some fastball velocity in Bradenton. If he finds that again, he could be cemented in a top ten pitcher list without much question. I number ten for me. I went with Kyle Nicholas, who they got in the Jacob Stallings trade and. I, I don't know. I didn't give him the most glowing review in in that first uh, mound visit, like immediate reaction. You know, just talking about what do I, what talking to people about him. What do I see from him? Talking to a few more people. Pirates internally definitely view him as a starting pitcher. They are going to try really hard for him to develop as a starter. They're going to give him all the opportunities in the world. There, I think he's a single winning reliever. Whenever it's all said and done, but if he could ramp up in the mid nineties occasionally probably could more consistently as a reliever breaking off speed stuff. It, it'll work. I don't see anything really just unbelievably eye popping. I don't see him, you know, still being, I, I still view that Jacob Stallings trade is uneven, but I, I'll, I'll put him at the back end of this list. I'm not going to pretend that he's a bad pitching prospect because he isn't, he's a good pitching prospect in the grand scheme of things. Right. I mean, I think that's that's, the upside is there. And I think with prospects, a lot of it is the upside because clearly we don't know how they're going to adjust from single A, double A, triple A to the majors. Right. Um, Some people come out and have success. Some people just don't. And, you know, it's different as a pitcher. Pitchers control a lot of things. So as a pitcher, you're typically going to come out and have a, have some success. He's opposing hitters. Don't really know what your, what your MO is, what your strategy is. And that's really when they can take advantage. Um, but for me, my next guy is Brendan Malone. I like Brendan Malone um, a lot, actually. I could have probably brought him a little higher. Um, but again, righty, only 21 years old, still has a lot to learn. Uh, very raw, but I think he has some tremendous upside for the Pirates down the road. Someone who I think I put him on the back end of my list as recently as the midseason updates, whenever we did this. Uh, needs to stay healthy. 
this is a big year for him. He needs to stay healthy, show what he can do. This is probably – if he doesn't do that, then he probably goes into the bullpen, and then who knows what happens. He has big stuff. He has – he could throw upper 90s, at least before the injury, you know, this past year. He could throw in the upper 90s as a starter. There's some good break along with it, like developing change, whatever. That's not unusual for a prep pitcher. If that package comes back and he hits the ground where he was supposed to be in 2021 – yeah, yeah, he he could be a legitimate pitcher. I think there's still a chance for him to be a pitcher with major league starter with some upside in it. But you know, after 2020, where he didn't even get to go to the alternate site, and then missing almost all of last year with injury, it's just been it, it, it was a very tough year to lose. Right. I mean, it's one thing after another for Malone, but at, at the end of the day, I think he's got the skills needed to compete at the major league level, especially as a pitcher. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, what they do um, for his development and with his development uh, moving forward. Uh, eight for me is Karin Majinski, who I think people just hear me ramble, ramble about prospects. I, us- I usually gravitate to the higher ceiling guys and the higher floor. I consider Majinski a high floor type of guy. He's going to be a major league pitcher. I, if it's as a reliever, then it's as a reliever. I wouldn't be surprised if it's as a starter, but I really only see him as a starter as like a number four in it. Uh, sinker, the, the slider is still a little too close to a cutter for the time being. It, he's entering a big year going to Altoona. The Pirates drafted him. He was a good first round comp pick. Someone that they could, you know, just slot in. He's a little more advanced because he's a he was a uh, college arm. Have some stuff developed. Maybe you can tweak some things in the mechanics. They really liked what they saw at the Cape Cod League in, in 2019. So there's a long list of things that the Pirates like from him. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him being like this really high ceiling guy. And with some of these other pitching prospects here, I, I do see him as higher ceilings. No, I agree. Um... I, I mean, I'm very, again, this is another guy that I'm super interested to see because we haven't seen him, you know, and that's tough. You can't evaluate if you can't see. So that's a big time issue. Um, but my next guy, I have Majinski at six um, on my okay. list, right? One, two, three. Yeah, I am at six. Uh, my next guy is Miguel Yahure. Um, I like Yuri a lot, actually. I mean, I, I, I hear it from you all the time about his upside. But, man, the kid can throw. And I think once he figures it out, he can be another lights-up pitcher for the Pirates coming up through the system. I want to save your Yuri talk for part two, if you don't mind. It's fine with me. Because I, I have him, you know, the upper half of my list. Uh, I'm going to roll number seven and six together as kind of like what I did last last week with uh, Bay and Marcano. Uh, the two prep arms that the Pirates got, uh, Anthony Salamedo and Bubba Chandler. Chandler, I think, would probably be a little higher just because of the potential of him being a two-way player, and this stuff's a little louder. But Salamedo, the funky mechanics, they're finding ways to make it more repeatable. I heard that he was actually put on a, another tick or two since joining the Pirates organization, which is what you want to see out of a prep arm. I, I kind of use Salamato as 
he, he likes bringing up the the Madison Bumgarner comparison with the mechanics, and you can see part of it. You see half of the mechanics that there's mm-hmm. some Bumgarner there. I'm not saying that this guy is going to be Bumgarner. Two guys who I've been fortunate to actually get to, you know, talk to a couple times in person at these minor league camps, good heads on their shoulders, looking for ways to learn. And on top of that, good, intriguing stuff. They're going to be pitching for the Marauders this year at some point, if not out of the gate. And those are going to be some very interesting starts to watch. No, I agree. Actually, those are my next two on my list anyway. So I think that's great. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, Chandler's upset. We talked. To, we touched a little bit on it last week when we talked about him as a pro- hitting prospect. But yeah. I like the two-way style. I think that's where things are going. Because, um, hey, now, you know, with I guess it really doesn't matter with the DH um, being – uh, fully implemented but again i'm very interested to see how these two develop especially on the mound um because bubba chandler has has the backup plan he could go play in the field and just hit or just pitch so i'm very interested to see how they handle that and handle him playing both i would imagine he'll start every fifth day or sixth day um because then they get that built-in off day and then six more games so to me I'm, I'm very excited to see um see where the Pirates organization goes with that um, moving forward but you know Alex unless you have anything else to say about those two I think you know we're pretty good for this first segment yeah let's take a break whenever we come back I'm going to talk about your career Podcast to be named later. We're just mixing them all together here. Oh, you added another word. Yeah, there we go. Another P. And it, we're back to the old days with it. Wow. I'm so happy for you. So we got, Jerry, we got five more picks to go. And I got your right number five. And he was, which, what number for you? Was he eight? He was number eight for me, but yes. Okay. I am very high on this guy. I know he didn't leave like the best taste in anyone's mouth at the end of the year, but he was coming back from the forearm injury. His fastball velocity wasn't all the way back yet, but they wanted, you know, they wanted him to be rewarded for the work that he did with his rehab. And he was fine enough to go out and, you know, compete. He needs a couple, he needs those extra couple miles on the fastball velocity. I'm not going to deny that, but, the breaking stuff, both the slider and the curveball, he's got such advanced feel for it. That's like every catcher who's ever caught him, they just keep saying that. Like, he's got advanced feel. You don't see this with a guy who's 23. Like, he's really interesting pitcher for that. Like, if this guy was throwing 95, 96, he would be a top 100 prospects, no questions asked. I, 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 a sucker for breaking stuff, and he's got some of the best in the system. Yeah, I mean, I think the upside again is really good. Um, very interested to see uh, his development too, because I think Yehure, we take for a grain of salt the fact that they make it to the majors, and yeah, oh my God, he was terrible. Listen, to to pitch on that, um, on that stage in that environment, no matter where they're at, that's a nerve wracking experience, man. I mean, hell, I'm just a journalist and I was nervous walking into PNC park to cover games 
So it, that's a thing. Nerves are a thing. These people are humans. So there is a sense of anxiety. This is a sense, there is a sense of stress um, or whatever um, during the, I mean, they can, uh, they can do it during the season or even um, in the early spring, but you know, it's going to be one of those situations, man. I'm very interested to see how he continues to develop because he is, I think, pretty good. So I'm going to go with number four and I don't, I don't think this is Jared and me cheated a little at the end. We kind of know who everyone's top three is. So you didn't have Jared Jones on your list. I did not. It's not that I don't think he's going to be a great pitcher. I think he is. I just like some of these guys a lot better because number four, I have Omar Cruz and I have Omar Cruz high on my list because that dude was supposed to play one game in double A and go back to single A. And then he went on to not leave um, Altoona in a good way. Um, he just came up, did his thing, and, and kept it going. And I think, you know, that speaks volumes for the mental makeup of him. Of course, he's a lefty, six foot, 23 years old. Um, that matters too. But he comes in, gets his job done, and, you know, he came, he came over in a trade uh, in the Joe Musgrove. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He was signed uh, in July of 2017 by the San Diego Padres. Um, yeah, Joe Musgrove trade. Yeah, right. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's, again, I think his upside is, is really, really good. Um, like I said, he was supposed to make a spot start in Altoona and then comes up, is very competent. I mean, three and four uh, with the 344 ERA. They had a, a lot of issues later in the season with injuries and, and things of that nature for the curve. But man, this kid could be special. I think moving forward. Yeah, I, I I view Omar Cruz as somewhere between a fifth starter to organizational depth. Somewhere in that line, and, and I don't know. There's the the curveball's loopy. The changeup is borderline plus, but it's it's a ninety mile per hour fastball, and I I. I didn't really give him much consideration for the top 10 for my top 10 list, which I, I, I sound like I'm insulting the guy, which maybe I am. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't think we could have picked two different pitchers style wise for, for number four. Cause mine was Jared Jones, who is the hard throwing righty who goes 99 miles per hour and is a lot more erratic. Omar Cruz isn't erratic. He's, he does throw strikes. I'll give him that. Jones is young. He's still figuring out control, how to control 99 miles per hour in a slider and a curveball, and which was a quarantine project. So it was definitely raw last year and was definitely evolving as the year went on. I would not be surprised if Jared Jones is a top 100 prospect this time next year. If he does in Greensboro, what he kind of, if he builds off of the foundation he did in Bradenton, if he does that in Greensboro, he has some of the, biggest loudest stuff in the system and honestly if we're going just by that he's probably you know besides Contreras has the loudest stuff in the system yeah I think that's a really good point um but But control problems I'm not going to deny that yeah you have to be able to control the baseball because if you don't control the baseball you get yourself into a Ricky and Keel spot and it's never good it never never good so It'll be interesting to see how he continues because I, I would expect him, you know, he's going to be in Brain or he'll be in Greensboro and he very well could be 
and Altoona to, to finish up the season. It's a possibility. So this is where we start to agree, isn't it? Yeah, we, we had a good, fun, interesting list, but kind of like with the hitters, the first couple spots are just kind of no brainers in, in my opinion. And three for me is Michael Burroughs. Who, yeah, he's same for me. Again, um, much yeah. like Cruz, his upside I think is has skyrocketed over the last few years. Um, so yeah, I think that's great. Um, a friend of the podcast, of course. Um, but you know, keep keep doing what he's doing, and I think he's going to end up with the show uh, sooner rather than later. He's. We've talked about that high spin curveball and how it just spikes. He's got fastball that he grew into a little velocity during the quarantine year got a couple extra ticks on it so it's more in the 94 95 range change up is what's kind of interesting and it was always that third it was always that wild card with him because you always saw two high speed or high spin pitches with some decent velocity like okay this guy could be at least a major league reliever it's going to be that third pitch to that that determines how far he goes and you know we've even talked about him where he said he wanted to be a master of two pitches rather than just have that third is you know you know just to have a changeup. he really worked on it watching some film on it it looks better he was super excited whenever whenever i talked to him in september about how it's grown and how it's developed that's the interesting that's the, the that's what's going to separate him you need three pitches to be a major league starter and if he has one that if he's throwing changeups against right-handers and it's not just, you know, the left-hander, you know, neutralizing pitch. That's That might be the game changer. And that's why I can't remember where I had him last year. I think it like eight or nine, and now he's three. Yeah. I mean, he continues to grow and progress. He's gotten better each year. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good situation to be in um, here for those guys. Uh, number two. Quinn I had Priester. Priester. Yeah. Priester. Yep. That was easy yeah. enough, Alex. That that was easy enough. And I'm going to say I'm really excited to see this kid pitch in Altoona this year. And there is a fairly decent chance I'll be in Altoona for that debut. Who said in, you were early... invited? Who said you were invited to Altoona? Well, maybe I'll just buy a ticket then, Jared. Jeez. But he's... I feel like we've said so much about Quinn Priester that talking about like what isn't really good in this and probably the biggest concern is the fastball, which can flatten out at some points and sits more like 94 as an average where back whenever he was throwing those bullpens during the quarantine, he was up to like 96, 97 sitting around there. That's not too surprising over the course of a season, but this is, Plus, off a plus curveball, a slider that looks like it's going to be plus, change up that he's not afraid to throw. Even if the fastball isn't exactly a great pitch, it's serviceable enough that he could be someone that has that relies on the breaking stuff, can challenge hitters in different ways. He's a top 100 prospect. I don't know how much more we can say on top of that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I mean, again, uh, excited to see him this summer, uh, hopefully in Altoona, hopefully not for long. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, a tremendous upside. There's a reason why they took him 
where they did in the draft for uh, obviously a reason. But, you know, last but not least in our list, Ronzi Contreras. This is unanimous number one for pretty much everybody that watches the Pirates prospects on a some on a yearly basis. This guy, Glass now was the last time where there was a pitcher in this system where it was like, oh man, this guy's got superstar stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I he didn't quite have the same giddy up on the fastball after the forearm injury. Again, probably in the same boat as your in the fastball velocity did tick down a little bit beforehand. You don't know if that's, you know, maybe partially injury related or, you know, just building up, maybe not having a full season worth of throwing at that speed. Two super high spin breaking pitches fastball that could get into the upper nineties is sits at least in the mids, a, a change up that not enough people respect enough fearless on the mound the the dude is he's a really good pitcher i i i could just gush but we have gushed so often in the past about him yeah i mean it it, it never gets old the guy wanted to be in the majors he made it to the majors in a year less than a year yeah he he, i mean yeah he, he didn't disappoint it's not like he didn't he he didn't come in like the world on fire but he also didn't Force everybody, like, oh, well, we're going to all go hunting now. We don't really need to see this. But, uh, again, I, that, there's just a different way that ball comes out of his hand, just a different smack, a different pop with the glove, and it couldn't be any cooler to watch Ronzi Contreras pitch. Well, no surprises at the very end. Uh, we're going to take one more break. Whenever we come back, one deep sleeper with the steer. And welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jared, we're going to close the show real fast here. One pitching prospect that we're not giving enough attention to who's going to have a big 2022. Blake Cedarland. I can see it. I can see it. I'm going to go with someone that you saw in Altoona last year, Christopher Melendez. Okay. And if those guys hit, remember, we are very smart. And if they don't, well, come on. We didn't put them on our top tens. That's right. (laughs) It's a zero-miss situation right there. Any closing thoughts, Jared? Man, thank God for minor league baseball because we need it. We need baseball, and that's really the only thing that we're going to get right now, and that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be catching a flight to Bradenton Sunday night for the camps, for the minor league camp, which is open to us for a little over a week starting on Monday. Really looking forward to getting to know some of these guys, you know, better. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's the that's the important thing for for people in our situation because we haven't had access to a clubhouse in two years. We get yeah. maybe maybe one or two guys at the end of every game, uh, plus the manager, uh, the way that, that they had it last year. And you know that's not easy. It's not easy when you're doing what we do because a lot of times for for myself and Alex, 
we're not there to write game stories. We're there to write game features and or feature stories on, on different players. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make it any easier when we don't have any clubhouse access because that's where you really get to know these guys and, and really get to build that relationship um, with them and and see um, you know who they are and what they're about. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting some club clubhouse access back in 2022. And whenever we do get that access, whatever that may be, we're definitely going to talk about it here on this podcast. So you better subscribe, follow, whatever you want to do with the podcast. All the great podcasts that we have here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. For Jared Pugar, this is Alex Stump saying thank you. We'll talk again next week. Mm-hmm.